This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we close out a successful ONTAP 9 month with a chat about manageability tools like System Manager and Performance Manager. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. It's on top nine month. I'm Justin Parisi. Glenn Sizemore's on the phone. Hi, Glenn. How you doing, Justin? Doing great. We won't let. How we're you gonna, doing, Sully? I'm doing great. I'm I'm a little offended that even though I'm sitting right next to Justin, he skipped me. I did because you were supposed to remind me to re- press record the first time we did this. I think he likes you better, Glenn. Well, yeah. Uh, only that, only that because I didn't. <laughs> Only because I waited twenty, I didn't wait twenty minutes to say, "Hey, Justin, are we recording?" Yeah, yeah. Somebody's got somebody's got to keep up with me. Yeah, and it's I guess it's Glenn today. Today, yeah. Let's not make it a, a policy that I have to be the adult. That would not be smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of adults, we have Joel Kaufman on the phone, director of product management. Hi, Joel. Hey, how you guys doing? Great. What exactly uh, are you the director of product management for, Joel? So not a director of product management. Oh, I'm an, okay. I, Reset yeah, then. director of tech marketing, tech marketing. Uh, for oh, all yeah. the TMEs who work on our manageability products. All right. So today we're going to talk about some really cool new features with ONTAP manageability tools. So we're going to talk about uh, System Manager, OPM. Uh, what else, Joel? Yeah, a little bit of uh, UM and OPM and uh, and System Manager is really where we're going to go. Talk about both on-box and off-box. All right. Excellent. Mm. That's pretty good stuff. So let's start with the, the easy one. What's new and better about the System Manager interface? So System Manager has gone through, you know, a lot of evolution over the years. And, you know, NetApp, we, we did this thing where we, we started out with an element manager on box going back 20 years ago, if, if anyone remembers the old Filer view. And then we evolved it and we made it more independent. We took it off the box. And a couple of years ago, we put it back on because we wanted to make it a lot easier. And one of the things that happened is when it got put back on the box, people kind of looked at it and said, you know, the interface, it's, it's nice, but it's really just not cutting edge anymore. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't have that really nice look and feel. It's using an old style tree view on the left-hand side and things like that. Um, so we went through a, a pretty rigorous uh, UX um, survey set around what people wanted to see uh, in system manager and, and, and all of the components and, and how do you manage it? And, and so it went through all these different design iterations and we've come up now with a, I, I think a, a much better looking product all the way across the board. You have, uh, you know, a really simplified dashboard. We've changed it to tabbed views across. We've implemented things like search navigation, uh, portlets in there that you can, uh, look at and get and get like the most just just that really quick information that you need as an admin to to solve problems. Uh, so it, it's it's undergone a pretty thorough uh, rethink uh, for the for nine And I'm guessing we were thinking simplicity when we were redesigning it, right? Yeah, that might have been something uh, to put in there. Um, one of the things that uh, one of the things we've been doing internally uh, at NetApp is. 
we actually have a UX design team. And for a long time, they were, uh, let's, let's, to, to put it politely, they were behind the scenes and not really at the forefront of, of figuring our products out. And for the last year, year and a half or so, more and more, they've been coming to the very front of the build process uh, for engineering where they're figuring out, let's design the thing first before we engineer it. That way, we're not trying to make compromises later. And the result of this, uh, I think system manager is probably the first product where you're really seeing the outcome of that. Wait, so are you telling me that a designer designed system manager? It's, it, funny you should mention that, but yeah. There's actually been uh, a whole bunch of that. There's been usability studies, uh, and not just internal ones, right? Um, for the, anyone watch uh, the show Silicon Valley? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So remember, so last week they had the one where they said, "And who did you send your your product to?" And it turned out he sent it to all his friends who were engineers. Yeah. yeah. So so we kind of got out of that model. Um, and this UX team has actually gone directly to customers and directly to, to admins and to channel partners. And I can't even tell you the number of UX studies. I think it, it was a series of them over the course of about four or five months. Something like 80 or 90 people were involved uh, externally. And so they, they brought in a lot more information than they ever have before and, and made that part of the design up front. So when you mentioned Silicon Valley, I wasn't quite sure where you were going. I was hoping you weren't going season one garage door painting. No. <laughs> that would have been awkward. <laughs> no, absolutely. I would have no. had to cut that. Yeah. But no, I don't have to cut it. Now it's just in your head if you've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh, uh, The storyline this last week was was almost dead on. When I, when I saw the episode, my wife and I, uh, she, she was rolling on the ground because I tell her some of the stuff that happens at work. And she was like, didn't you just talk about this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is mirroring real life far, far more than it ever should. Like, my understanding is this season is pretty much mirroring the storage industry, like, on the whole. Like, there's, throughout the season, it's just been storage. Uh, storage. Hey, 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 we need a new topic. I've only watched two episodes so far. I've been I, really busy with work. Right. I mean, I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen them all. I'm just saying that's the general theme I'm understanding is that storage industry is a, is a close mirror here. You want to go over some Game of Thrones Spoilers yeah, too. did you know well, a bunch of people died? Now that we can talk about. <laughs> a bunch Holy of people died. crap. <laughs> Has Breaking Bad been over long enough? Can you? Uh, uh, I don't know. No, but, but hey, while we're Bieber? in the ditch, while we're in the ditch, gentlemen, the Tetris movie is now a, uh, it, it's a, a trilogy. They call it when there's, yeah, it's a trilogy. Yeah, it's a trilogy. I knew that. Te- I just don't know what they're doing. A Tetris movie? Yes, there's going to be a yep. Tetris movie. It's, it's a Tetris trilogy. I think it should be like required viewing for all new hires to NetApp, the Tetris trilogy. Is, is Peter Jackson going to stretch it out to ten hours? I hope so. I, if not, I'm going to be very dis, very, very With disappointed. With a bunch of orcs. But, but according to the producers, the story it was simply quote too big end quote to fit into a single movie. So interesting. I'm, I'm bated breath. Bated breath. Hey, can't wait. Wow. <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to have so, to well, wait. So Joel. How is the uh, how how's the feedback been? Because I, I assume these new interfaces have been out as part of the ONTAP nine EVPs. Yeah, it, it is, and the feedback so far has been actually pretty good. Um, you know, there's with any time you you redesign something, there's always that 
that gnashing of teeth that people give you that say, oh, this isn't the way I'm used to doing it. Um, and so we've had a little bit of feedback like that. But overall, all the people who have looked at it and touched it have said that it's it's ordered in a much more uh, uh, cognizant way that, that you can understand how the layout is. It's much easier to find things, tasks that are uh, you know, much more of the repetitive style things. You want to provision something, go to the tab that basically says storage. Click there, and, and, and it brings up everything you need, right? Um, if you want to do monitoring uh, in the environment, it's, it's so much easier to do than before. Um, you know, we actually have a full performance dashboard that you can actually drill down through it uh, uh, to get to different objects now. Um, you know, some mm. other, some other. So, ooh, yeah. hold on. Let's let's uh, let's stop at that performance dashboard for a second. A couple of questions that 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 are pretty common, for, at least for the the customers that I interact with. Um, is that is that persisting now, or is that still we have to be on the panel for it to be collecting the heuristics? It is still non-persistent. But for you know, for longer term, if you if you want to get out of that range of here's what's going on since I logged in and and ran on it then you will need to shift over to something like on-command performance manager um, in order to get that longer-term detail, that longer-term view of, this, of the historical. One of the things that's, uh, that's really nice about how, they've done, about how we've done performance now is that, you know, so we give you the typical types of graphs that you're looking for, you know, latency, IOPS, throughput. Um, but you can go in there and you can graph it. You can either look at it holistically from the entire cluster or you can dive in and look at it per node or per aggregate or per volume or per LUN. And so we give you that ability to, to kind of, you know, dig down uh, as, as detailed as you want to get uh, for a lot of it. And, um, you know, and some of the other, some of the other nice things are that, you know, it, when you start digging down, you can start to get these uh, graphs, especially if they start overlaying each other where you're like, wait, which one is trying to get to the item? you can actually go ahead and toggle on off for all of the various metrics within each graph area. In my mind, I'm thinking Perfmon, and, and part of me wants to go, well, of course that's there. That's like basic. But, but the other part of me has to recognize, like, no, it wasn't free. It was a lot of work for the team to actually get it in there. It's taken them, you know, it's, it's been a desire for a while now, and it's, it's awesome that we're getting there with these tools. Yeah. Yeah, it's and again the feedback has been has been really good. You know, we we give you uh, we give you enough granularity where you can really see what's going on, but it's not so complex um, that you can get overwhelmed by you know by the four hundred different types of data points that you're trying to capture. We've kept it you know pretty streamlined and pretty smooth so that it becomes uh, uh, you know one of those things where you look at a dashboard, you maybe click one or two buttons, and you get the information you need as quickly as possible. And that, that was really one of the design goals within there. And Joel, just to be clear, this is the, the improved usability is not just the provisioning templates that are included with the, the SAN and, and NAS optimized all flash fast boxes, right? This is system manager as a whole has improved its usability and made you know, day-to-day -day storage administration, just more intuitive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was, so that was the goal of the entire redesign, right? It, and, and all these usability studies. You know, we have, we have new features, and, and I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the, the rapid deployment templates that we have. Um, but, but at the end of the day, 
once you have things in once you have your data in place and you have the storage in place and you're and you're and you're saying what do I do from a everyday, not just a one time or or, or only a few time uh, type of action? How do you, on an ongoing basis, manage it in the easiest way possible? And that was that was really kind of the goal there. So I'm going to ask the question that I think everyone wants to ask: Are we going to have a Java based version of the CLI within System Manager like we had in FileView? <laughs> <laughs> so this, wow! Well, no, no, that was not the question. <laughs> <laughs> what? I want a way to get to my CLI from my file review. I'm kidding. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. It's Java-based. Nobody wants that crap. <laughs> no, nobody does. And in fact, one of the things that uh, has been done now is uh, we've pretty much removed uh, pretty, all, pretty much all Java and Flash. This is HTML5. Yeah, and, and obviously once we once we make that move, or, or now that we've made that move across, it, it really does make life a lot easier for a, for a whole bunch of things. We we, you know, while you still need to go to the IMT if you really want to validate which browser uh, to use with it, the reality is is that any modern browser now, without any special add-ons, uh, will get you all the information you need, and so it just it just gets rid of that entire that entire problem. That's fantastic. One thing I'll I will mention, no longer have to install Chrome on Windows Server because I'm not putting Flash on it. One thing I, I want to mention is if you're trying to use the Onbox version of System Manager, make sure you enable the web services. I think that's something that gets missed sometimes when you're trying to use it. You got do we okay. Talk what else is in System Manager? Or is that everything? No. So you have the fast provisioning templates that are that are in there now. You've got. Um, I mean, I can go into continuity and workflows and stuff like that, but but really, uh, I mean, it sounds dead simple, but there's actually search in there now. No, that's amazing. Search. I know. <laughs> you know, it, it, you think about it. It's something. It's something that people go, really, is search a thing anymore? And yeah, it actually is. Um, the use case that that people started popping up is that, and and I'll say this right now: a lot of our competitors don't have this as a problem because they don't scale out the way that we can. Yeah. And so you sit there and you get into single cluster or multi-cluster configurations and you know especially in large enterprises the number of objects, you know, being whether they're volumes, aggregates, LUNs, whatever can start to grow pretty big. And so how do you filter and display that really well? So so we have the typical filtering types of things that that are in the system. But now you have search, and you can search on an object type. You can search just by a name, by various things, and it does a pretty powerful job of filtering it out. And it gives you, uh, and, and it gives you, you know, a set of results out of there that you can directly click in those results because they effectively show up as links, and it'll take you mm. directly to that object and all the information about it. And I. You know, just to kind of throw out, you know, the kind of scale we're talking about. I mean, so ONTAP nine has actually increased the limits for lifts, like number of lifts on a on a node. So you can go up to two hundred fifty six lifts now. So that's two fifty six per node, up to three thousand seventy two for the cluster. And then you have the the volume limits, which I think was what five hundred per node or a thousand per HA pair or something along those lines. So I mean, uh -huh. you're starting to look at like objects in the thousands where you have to manage this. So search is a very useful tool for that sort of scale. 
Absolutely. You know, we we have customers right now that are running, you know, 16 node clusters, uh, uh, you know, 20 node clusters and so on. And they're putting on, uh, in some cases, just to get the type of granularity uh, that they want, they're putting in hundreds of volumes. And even with good naming conventions, you know, at some point you're like, I'm tired of scrolling down a list. I just want to type a few characters, boom, have the search come up with it and click and get directly to the object I want. And, and, and that alone can save you time and, 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 uh, and, and trouble of trying to find the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. That, that's awesome. I did not yeah. know about that. That's great news. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's one of those, doesn't everything have search? Well, now it does. Hey, as um, somebody who stopped remembering things like five years ago, because it turns out I don't need to, the internet's right here on my phone. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Glad, glad to help out. Um, you know, and, and I think you mentioned earlier, the other really big thing um, that came out new, new here, and I, and I wouldn't say it's new because we've already done it, but we have uh, massively increased the rapid deployment templates that are available with the all flash, with all flash FAS. And this makes it, I think, this is really compelling in my, in my, in my book. Um, you know, I used to be an SE in the field and I actually, you know, at one point we never had professional services in NetApp, so I was also the PS guy. And invariably it wound up being this case of, great, let's drop the storage off, make it, make it really easy to use. And then the customer would start calling back and go, well, wait, hang on. I, I, can you help me figure out the right way of setting up all of my applications in, in, in this space? Uh, and that then, then you went from the, you know, 10 minutes of storage setup to the, here's the four hours of application setup uh, and, and figure out the right things to do and, and mapping everything and so on. Um, so prior to this, right, with 8.3.2 and all flash fads, uh, we had templates in place for some SQL and some, and some Oracle components. Well, now we've expanded it even more where we have templates in place for VMware environments, for VDI. Um, we've expanded the Oracle side to include not, not just SAN, but NAS as well. Um, and, and, it's, and from the way you walk through it and the setup of it, it's, it's, the feedback has been great. We've had a couple of customers test it, and they're, they're talking about complete setup of an application now and its and storage capabilities in under 15 minutes. So what's the, what's the reception from customers been on that? I mean, what's the feedback? Um, the feedback's kind of interesting. It's so customers are kind of a little bit of hit or hit or miss. And, and let me explain what that really means. Um, you have a number of customers that have sat there and said, this is great. It makes it easy. And when you deploy, it gives me essentially the, the exemplar version of here's how I will do the remainder of my deployments because now I have the one that is best practices and, and all set. Um, and they're pretty good with it. Then, then of course, you have the, the other set of customers who, God love them, but my environment is different than anybody else's environment. And that's the statement they make. So no template will ever do what I want it to do. Um, and then when you go in and talk to them more and more, you find out that really they've done one thing different and the template really will work and they just have to change it slightly afterwards. Um, so, so there's there's the combination of people who love it and a combination of people who who at first go it won't do what I need and then they turn around. Uh, so far, you know, 
about 20 minutes later and go, oh, never mind. It, it's a lot closer than I expected. So it reduced the amount of work I had to do anyway. So Joel, the overall simplification, I guess, or, or usability increase, right? Uh, uh, adding more intuitiveness to the interface. Do we expect to see, and I, I don't know a, an easy way of describing this or a gentle way, I guess, but more non-storage people owning, managing, um, uh, you know, administering the storage devices, you know, where it's much easier for, for example, a virtualization admin who is primarily a, a VMware guy, but also is the storage guy, right? Being able to just pick up and use and manage without having to go through, you know, days, weeks of, of training. Yeah, I think, I think you are going to start to see that, um, you know, for a while now, and we've been seeing this in industry wide, right? Jobs are moving in the industry. We're seeing people um, go from being experts in one area to more generalists. And, and and so there's a certain amount of knowledge around storage that's being lost industry-wide uh, at the, at the uh, customer level. Um, and so we have to make things easier. And so whether, it, whether we push it up into the, the vSphere space, like we do with the VSC, and we give, and we give the ability to, to manage storage that way, or it's just someone who says, look, I, I'm the kitchen sink admin, and I don't know a lot about storage, but I got to know a little bit about it and networking and servers and applications help me. Um, trying to make it easier for him. Again, it's what are the easiest things you need to do? What are the things to make it really easy to set up an application, set up the actual storage itself? Um, there's definitely a trend in that direction, and that's what we're trying to, uh, we're really trying to address. So is is that something that the headroom feature is is aimed at? Is helping make those decisions easier without having to? And I think it was the last episode where I talked about you know traditional storage admins operate off of you know quote unquote intuition and experience, i.e. guessing sometimes. Um, so <laughs> you know, so it, it is something like headroom meant to to make that a more authoritative decision, right? Basing it off of empirical data rather than subjective views. It is. It is. And, and, and thanks for bringing it up. Uh, so system managers, which is what we've been talking about now, um, is, is, like I said, it's kind of the element manager that's on board on tap and gives you all of this. But then you get to this thing called headroom. So on tap nine has this, these heuristics that are built in that gives you the logic um, and the ability to look inside and say, I want to see what a known good point of storage based on a, a combination of capacity versus performance and latency metrics and come up with like, what is a good spot to be in when everything's really getting heavily loaded? What we've done is begin to expose that capability out, not directly through system manager, but through one of the off box products, which is called OPM, uh, sorry, uh, on command performance manager. And so the idea now is that you're able to go through OPM, which has which has a, a lot more logic built into it in order to to figure out how this this headroom capability is being used, and you can begin to address um, a lot of these questions, such as you know I have an aggregate that has a certain amount of loading on it right now, and I want to add uh, another workload into this environment. What's that actually going to look like? How is it going to behave? And as you continue to add, it'll it'll begin to give you warnings of yeah, you're you're reaching this point where 
you may need more IOPS in order to maintain the performance levels that are that are needed uh, across the entire uh, uh, segment of, of workloads that you have. Um, so yeah, in, in that respect, it absolutely does help make those decisions for you by, by supplying these types of recommendations, or at least the analytics that you can make a much more educated uh, um, decision. So you know I'm I'm an automation guy, right? I'm an API guy, and I know System Manager is it doesn't surface its own APIs. Rather, it consumes ONTAP's APIs, what we commonly call as Zappy. So mm-hmm. does Headroom? Does that is is that information accessible through an API? You know, can I write you know PowerShell or Perl or Python or whatever my my poison of the day happens to be? Can I write something that interprets that information and then makes those provisioning decisions uh, based on that? This is one of those times where I have to say I'm going to have to go check. I believe you can, uh, but at least initially the first consumer of those APIs uh, that are coming out through that layer will be OPM. Um, Whether those are fully public and documented APIs is what I have to go validate. if they're not, could we politely suggest that perhaps they may be made public? So, Joel, I'll, I'll hold you to that on uh, finding out whether or not that becomes available directly. But um, I, I've I've heard that you know there's some things happening with API services where it might be able to to consume those types of things in the future as well as doing its its own thing. So. I don't know when that will be available. Um, in all honesty, I probably should, but I have not kept up with the on uh, the API services releases. Um, can you can you give us any more information on that? I can. Uh, so right now we're at API services one dot two, and essentially what API you know what we've done with API services is we've, we're providing a full RESTful interface. You load them in, you load uh, API services up, and then you're able to manage an awful lot of ONTAP uh, you know, through REST, which is, which is great, right? Because that's generally where a lot of the market is heading and, and so on. Uh, in the future, and I believe it will be the next release of API services sometime, the best I can say is sometime later this year, um, is going to be a version where it will consume uh, headroom as well as a ton of other API metrics uh, in there and we can provide in conjunction with with unified manager and, and performance manager uh, this ability to create almost like a compound response so you take the API services in you pull things like headroom uh, that that's pulled through it and then these other things uh, UM and OPM will consume it and we'll be able to start driving almost towards policy-based SLOs for certain types of functionality in there. So you would have the capabilities at that point, um, uh, admittedly with probably a little bit of extra work in terms of, of you know, whether, whether it's automating it or, or whatever, but you'd be able to, to, to start pulling together uh, uh, things that are corroborative. So show me, I wanna build an SLO around replication and performance so that if a volume is, uh, or, or an aggregate is completely slammed, why would I want to add a replication event on top of it, which may consume even more I.O.? So, Joel, you, you mentioned SLO there. And SLO, from from my days, right, service level objective in the ITIL world is, um, 
so having been at NetApp for almost three years now, right, I think we use a slightly different definition. Um, I, I equate it to what ITIL calls an SLA. So can you can you define the way that the manageability group sees SLOs? Yeah. Um, so we kind of look at it a, a little bit differently. Uh, I agree on that. Um, instead of the ITIL definition, what we kind of look at it is if you had to take um, multiple types of events or functions in a system and you had to come out with something where you where you said the the final objective would be the outcome of these particular events how well can we do in terms of serving those particular objectives right it's not a uh, unlike itil it's not like we're sitting here and saying you map a slo to an sla and then figure out how often you are able to do something, right? In this particular case, we're really looking at what can we offer that gives you an, an end objective or a definition that is not necessarily technical in nature. So, you know, a good example of this, um, I think, would be instead of sitting there and saying, uh, it, it, you know, it, if someone has a business objective of protecting their data, they literally just want to protect their data. They don't necessarily want to know about everything that happens underneath the covers. They don't want to know, okay, so let's take a volume, replicate a volume, put some sort of, of retention policy on that volume, go ahead and take a uh, uh, set how often you, you do your updates in order to set your, your RPO and your uh, uh, settings and so on. What they really kind of want to do is consume something that just says protect. And, and so our definition of that uh, becomes a, how do we take all those compound and complex things under the covers and present it as an objective of, I protected my data and, and you choose whatever type of policy is appropriate uh, within that scope. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And, you know, I like the concept of, you know, not not even just you know saying protect right it's it's defining a class of service and you know yeah. this is something that i think solidfire does really well right solidfire there is no concept of an aggregate there is no you know the administrator doesn't have to sit there and go well i think i'll go with aggregate you know 1 versus aggregate 2 because it has you know less volumes on it or whatever that happens to be instead it's all managed through qos policies and we're more or less getting to that point with ontap where it's simply well i just want to consume you know, purple storage and purple is defined as whatever it happens to be. And the system manages and ensures that it retains that policy. That's, that's exactly it. And, you know, Solidfire, I mean, man, talk about, they know how to do that. Right. And they've been doing it for a while. It's, it's absolutely, um, it, it's, it's awesome how they've laid that out, you know, and, and, and from the ONTAP side, we're definitely playing a little bit of catch up here. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's other data services and so on that we're, that we're bringing to bear and, and we're able to apply SLOs to. So protection is one of the ones that's going to be defined. Performance is going to be one of the ones that's going to be defined um, in the API services and the ability to consume. And I think there's, a, there's at least a couple others um, around provisioning and a few other things that we're going to make it, you know, really easy so that, so that when, when, when guys like yourself who want to automate and orchestrate things – um, but don't have a whole lot of, of storage knowledge, you know, forget about everything under the covers. You're just going to go, oh, 
my, whatever this is, I want to click protect. I want to click a performance button, and and that's your that's your policy or your class of service, and you're done. Yeah, and it's not only that, right? It's making automation simpler, right? I don't have to have a decision engine to choose where it, you know where in the storage it lands. Uh, you know, this is the same way that I used to describe Vvols when I was working with Vvols, in that you know, yes, you can you can mimic similar functionality with. Uh, VM storage policies and traditional data stores, but you still have to have something that says, well, I've got these five or 10 or however many data stores that match that policy. Which one of those do I choose? So you have to have that decision engine. And Vvols eliminates that, right? It's just, I want this type of storage and it figures it out for you. And I think the SLOs get us to the same point or, or very close, right, with raw storage objects. Yeah, exactly. Um where we where I think we're going to see the power of this really come into play is in the customers who are focusing on on developer driven infrastructures, right? So th- there will still be certain applications or sets of applications uh, that are traditional, and if if you scale those applications out, then having the ability to to provide, uh, I I almost want to say segmentation, but it's not quite segmentation. Um, but protection and segmentation between these various applications, then then SLOs will be a great way of doing it. Um, when you get to the, you know, like I said, this developer-driven infrastructure where maybe it's non-traditional apps, then uh, to be fair, I'm not I'm not certain that we're going to be able to that if I'm not going to be certain that they're going to be able to manage storage effectively without uh, a concept like SLOs or what SolidFire is doing. Yeah, it's it's funny once you learn how to release the reins and and let you know trust your automation that suddenly things get a whole lot easier and uh, you know I, I keep using the word empirical but you know you're 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 basing it off of hard evidence instead of you know soft subjective you know feelings. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So I, I've driven us into uh, enough of my own little ditch here with API services and, and automation. Um, so I, I know that there's a bunch of other products inside of the on-command suite that are uh, receiving refreshes, you know, in, in concurrence with ONTAP 9. Uh, yeah. So we, we touched a little bit on Performance Manager, um, but we haven't touched on its its brother, its big brother, little sister. Partner. Partner there Partner. we go. Yeah, uh, on-command <laughs> Unified Manager. So yeah. Can you, uh, can you tell us about Unified Manager? Sure. So the nice thing is that is that when we released uh, UM and OPM, the latest versions, um, they're pretty much up to date. And then, of course, you know, over the course of, of, of this year, they're going to get consistent refreshes and, and so on. Um, one of the biggest changes you're going to see is, again, going into that design philosophy, uh, we took, we took uh, and, and I'm going to bring you in, UM and OPM, and we actually created a centralized dashboard for the two. And what makes it nice about that is that before you had to flip-flop between two different management applications, and frankly, they looked a little bit different, but at the end of the day, you got the information you need, and they're both, they're both very powerful in what they do. Um, now we're giving you a centralized dashboard that, funny enough, uses the same UX design philosophy that System Manager has to give you a more consistent look and feel uh, and, and and so on, and, and and you know some of the key features in there again is we're starting to reduce the reliance uh, on things like Java and Flash. We're moving more and more towards pure HTML5. We've uh, incorporated things like Headroom directly into OPM uh, to be ready for uh, 
you know, to, to make it ready for when ONTAP9 shipped so that we could do the longer-term view of um, what performance looked like and, and, how we can, and how we can provide, you know, advisor, advising to customers, to clients, uh, to really say, here's, here's truly what your environment looks like so that when you have to make a decision, you, you called it out. You have the empirical data. Yeah, I think it's a really great improvement, right? And just previously, it's been a little bit difficult to get that information out and and make, you know, view it in a usable manner. And any improvements, and I know that there are significant improvements in this version, are just fantastic. They are. And 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 I'm seriously, I'm like biting my tongue right now. I want to to scream to the world what's coming, and I can't (laughs) because because we haven't released it yet. But you're going to see... in the future, you're going to see changes to to how we install it, how we deal with authentication. That'll make it a lot easier. Um, uh, actually, authentication and authorization within the systems to make it a lot easier. And and overall, uh, you know, like I said, the theme for the past year, uh, actually year and a half now, really has been how do we engineer manageability so that it's going to get easier and easier and easier for all of our customers. And uh, and we're starting. It, we're, we're, we're way past the point of starting to see this. We're, we're pretty deep in seeing how this is going to come out yeah. and, and expect even more. And it, it's, it's funny, right? Because we've been, you know, uh, uh, to use a, an impolite term, we've been beating up, right? MPG, uh, the manageability products group uh, from, you know, our side, my, my side and prod ops, as well as from the field. And I know customers as well for, you know, yeah. literally the last two plus years. And, and we're seeing the fruits of that labor, right? Of, you know, uh, everything is um, maturing, right? And it wasn't it wasn't such a long delay simply because it was, oh, well, we just need to change this one thing. No, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening underneath the covers to enable all of those things on top. Yeah, it, it's, um, and, and I'll, I'll be, you know, I'm going to give a little mea culpa here. Um, we've been digging our way through this for, forget two years, it's been longer than that, right? And and it, it's it's really funny. Um, I was in a meeting uh, yesterday, and actually, actually, Sully, I think you were in it also, and uh, a partner basically gave us some feedback and said, oh, come on, this isn't that hard to do. All you got to do is change this one or two little, you, you know, this one or two little web things, and almost me, was like, no, 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 time out. This is, <laughs> you don't understand what you're, what you're really asking for here. To make something really simple up front it takes a tremendous amount of engineering behind the scenes, especially if you're dealing with, um, you know, some technology that's been around and maybe been pushed onto you by a technology partner that you've had to engineer around. Now you have to go in and dig the dig your way out of that back to to get to what should be the easy way of doing it, and that's what we're really starting to see the fruits of now. Yeah, wow. I, I like to call that technical debt, and it's it's funny, you know, sitting on the uh, the product side when there have been sprints inside of our products where it is literally nothing except you know debt burned down, and yeah. the results are nothing short of amazing, right? We're seeing that across the board. It, yeah, it it really is. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about innovation, and sometimes the innovation that comes out is is eliminating that technical debt. To, so that you can move forward much, much faster. And uh, I, 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 agree with, I agree with your statement. The last two years 
have been a ton of technical debt that we've burned down. And now we're starting, now we're starting to see the acceleration coming out the other end. So Joel, one thing I've always wanted from System Manager, but haven't been able to seem to, to grasp, and it used to actually be in the old versions of DFM, was the ability to really view my space usage, right? So what do we have available in ONTAP 9 System Manager that allows me to do something like that? Uh, yeah. Um, so again, I mean, I mean, it, System Manager seems to be kind of the gift that keeps on giving more and more new things in there. Um, right now, so so you have the ability to view all of your storage efficiency in general. There's a couple of different views, but the one that I, I, I think you're really referring to that's pretty cool is if you have an AFF, right, all flash in place, then we essentially have a portlet uh, in there that talks explicitly about efficiency and capacity. And it gives you a ratios of storage efficiency. And what I like about it is that while it gives you one set of ratios, just to quickly see, here's roughly how efficient uh, you are at either the, the cluster level or the node level. And again, you can keep digging down farther and farther into the various objects. What I like about it uh, most of all is that you actually can click on this little information button on there and it will tell you exactly how it got to that number. Um, in fact, it'll, di it'll dig out of it and tell you, you know, what was the logical space used, the physical space used, um, the overall storage efficiency, uh, um, how much you got from volume level data reduction, you know, due to compression and dedupe. Um, at the aggregate level, you know, uh, inline uh, data compaction, what kind of savings did you get there? Um, and then it'll, it'll even allow you to look at numbers of snapshot copies or, or flex clones, depending how you, uh, uh, you want to look at those copies. And so you, you have the ability to look at it from all those different layers to see what kind of efficiency each one of these technologies is giving you. And, and that's been something that, that hasn't existed before, um, which is which is really nice. Uh, that portal is actually one of the default ones that's uh, right on the front dashboard when you log into System Manager. So it just gives you gives you that information at a glance. So two two questions for you, Joel. Um, so one, I, I know that it takes uh, customers, right? This is an enterprise storage system. It's not something you take down for major upgrades every day. Um, so okay. one, if I want to look at it now, uh, is that is that possible, right? Do I do I have to go with a vSIM or something like that? And two, is there any chance any of these features are going to make it back into 8.3? Um, I'm going to tell you, probably not. Uh, 8.3, while I believe there may be another version of, of 8.3 coming out, um, ONTAP 9 is where we're focused moving forward. So, so I believe that we're going to see that we're going to see this type of reporting really driven off of the ONTAP nine platform uh, going forward. Um, if you want to see what this looks like, yeah, uh, when the, when the ONTAP nine vSIM uh, drops um, and and comes out as we head past RC and we go towards GA and so on, um, then yes, this will be built in. Um, the only problem you have with a vSIM is I don't believe a vSIM will directly look at it and say, this is an all-flash vSIM. So I'm not positive whether this will this this particular portlet will show up uh, in that particular case. Gotcha. Um, the, yeah, the good news, though, is I think they're figuring out a way of doing this, uh, not necessarily directly for customers, but... 
Um, I think that you'll be able to see this eventually in, in our lab on demand environment. And of course, we're going to be putting out some videos and some uh, and some presentations that will go out publicly where people will be able to see it uh, in that form. Very cool. I, I also happen to know that there's a, a, a vagrant image or, or a vagrant script out there for the ONTAP vSIM as well. I don't know if it works with ONTAP 9 yet, but for those of us who use vagrant, it's a very simple vagrant up command and five minutes later you got a vSIM. Very oh, that's, nice. that's very cool. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it's on uh, the GitHub, isn't it? Yeah, so you still have to download the vSIM right, yeah. manually because it's 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 behind our... Uh, our Paywall. Uh, yeah, now, or what do we call now? Now, uh, my support. My support. Yeah, so it sits behind my support, but, you know, you uh, once you have it, you can yeah, vagrant up, and it's up and running within a few minutes. It's, that's actually, it's good. I'm glad you reminded me because I have to stand up a vSIM pretty soon, and I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use Vagrant. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. So actually, Sully, since you brought up the uh, the question, have there been any updates on GitHub that are related to ONTAP9 or just new things going on that uh, that maybe we should be aware of? Yeah, so nothing ONTAP9 specific yet. However, the GitHub site, uh, so netapp.github.io, got updated uh, the week before, the week of DockerCon. So... Let's see, that would be the last full week in June. Uh, so completely new new design, right? It looks really, really good compared to before. It's much easier from my perspective because it's a, a lot faster uh, uh, publishing process. But yeah, uh -huh. keep an eye on all that stuff because that's where we are getting more and more people uh, inside of NetApp who are you know, developer-centric or API-centric or, or just helping people to do things like automation and and integrating with the platforms and all of that involved into the GitHub presence. Very cool. Yeah, one of one of my TMEs who, who is focused on the API services right now, um, she's looking at uh, putting out some sample scripts and sample ways of using um, API services and, and making sure that people have these, these exemplar chunks of code and so, so getting it out there on, on GitHub is probably the right way uh, for her to get 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 that presence out. So I'll, I'm going to make sure that she talks to you and uh, and and helps build that environment out. Yeah, and and for any of the uh, NetApp employees uh, who are who happen to be listening to the podcast, feel free to reach out to me, and we'll figure out uh, you know the proper way of getting you plugged into that process, right? So that we can all begin publishing, you know, highly technical contents to a single place, right, where it's easy for customers, easy for partners, easy for us, right, as employees to find it. All right, Joel, thanks so much for stopping by and talking to us about all the goodness that is ONTAP management tools. Um, if we wanted to get in touch with you, where could we find you? Yeah, uh, on Twitter, I'm at the Joel K. And, uh, you know, at NetApp, it's the usual first name dot last name at netapp.com. Uh, if you want to go, go email that way and... Uh, yeah, that's the easiest way of getting a hold of me. Awesome. Well, thanks again for stopping by and talking to us about all the goodness. Um, we would we'd actually say goodbye to Glenn too, but he left a while back. If you notice how quiet it's been, it's because Glenn left the room. <laughs> he very quietly <laughs> snuck out and by he very very quietly announced he was leaving. Fair we enough. still like him though. Yeah, no, we do totally. All in good fun. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast.netapp.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, 
and Stitcher or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Joel Kaufman for stopping by. As always, thanks for listening. And I'd like to thank Glenn Sizemore for stopping by. Yeah, yeah, briefly. Hi, guys. I'm here. All right, I'm gone. It was I'm nice. Gonna, I'm going to ask Joel roadmap questions that we had to cut out later. Okay. What? It's okay. <laughs> I can tell people I can Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. This will be going out Fourth of July, so happy Fourth of July, everyone. Well, everyone in the U.S. That's everyone, right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Totally. Everyone likes the Fourth of July. It's only the U.S. that celebrates Independence Day. It's true. Everybody, everybody has a July Fourth. You got it. <laughs>